How are my levels? The levels look good. How are my levels when I eat this apple? Your levels look good. Mm-hmm. See, the apple is the noisier of the fruit that I have cut up for us today. It has that crunch. Has that crunch. What is that? Is that Josie trying Josie to escape trying because to... Toby's right there? <laughs> she, she's, oh my, I wonder if you can't hear it probably on the microphone at all, but the sound of almost like nails on a chalkboard scratching against the door. <laughs> well, but sounds, <coughs> excuse me, forget it, never mind. Never mind what? I was saying, I don't know why when I bite into the pear, which is the quieter of the fruit, it makes more sense for us to snack on while we're recording is like hydrophobic it like makes my mouth dry the pear makes your mouth dry yeah pears make sense i don't know because pears i feel like are very watery yeah they're watery so you would think they'd be like an apple while you (coughs) here put this in your mouth like pay attention to it it like i don't know and like absorbs the moisture in your mouth there's something or, wrong with this pear. Or <laughs> this, pear, this pear, it's like got sandpaper in it or something like that. <laughs> I'm just wondering if maybe you're right. Maybe the moisture content in the pear is so rich and that it competes with the moisture in our mouth, therefore leaving our mouth feeling like, oh man, I'm a dry bitch. This is a different kind of pear. There's something. It is a different kind of pear. It's there's red. There's something wrong with that. That's what it Let is. Let me just eat some oranges. <laughs> Instantly, my mouth was like, something's wrong here. <laughs> Maybe I've just been eating spoiled pear my entire life. <laughs> well, the no, yellow pear, nice, yeah, the nice... pear, the ones that you get like at the regular market, those are super juicy. Like you take a bite and it like runs down your arm. That's what I love about it. The pear is just like, you know, you have to eat it over a sink or something because it's so like, <laughs> like you said, uh, juicy. Juicy. You love that word, don't you? <laughs> better, than, Juicy, better than moist. Better than moist. Um, you mean it's better than moist? I don't use that accent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I know this is like, oops. Sorry, still trying to get situated. Oops, there it is. <coughs> I think I'm developing a nut allergy. Either that or COVID. <laughs> um. What did I say? Yeah, well, so this is like an Asian pear or something. I think I'm trying to make the most noise possible right now, but not intentionally. I'm it's all right. Sorry. It's a great way for sound testing. Okay. Yeah. And, oh. It tastes too hot. Don't knock it over. I won't knock it over. I mean, the food tonight was good, but I just burped some up. And it's nothing to do with the food. I just have stomach issues. <laughs> There's certain kind of foods when you burp it up, though, it comes back at not you and everybody else in the room. Like, okay, like, pow. To, like, like, like chili cheese fries, uh, right? Yeah. Because we go to Louis to get chili cheese fries and they're so good going in, but they're murder coming back out. Yeah. Some of those things you'll burp and you'll be like, whoa. Yeah. Like, what, what is it? Last weekend I made chili cheese dogs. Remember? I was burping up hot dog all day. I did not like yeah. it. I did not appreciate that. I did not consent to all of that. Oh, yep. Especially, well, what kind of hot dogs were they? They were Hebrew National. Oh, um, okay. Hot dogs. 
uh, the, I think it was a chili because I went, I went cheat sheet and got Hormel's canned chili. Hormel's. Hormel's canned chili. Don't call Mel a whore. <laughs> Mel. <laughs> Mel's a whore. That whore Mel. <laughs> yeah, that whore Mel. But Always n- with the chili. <laughs> but then I put cheese on it. I mean, it was good going in. Anyway. Yeah. Well. Okay, I think I'm done making noise if you want to get started. We are Hold ready? on. I think I'm going to do a cough. Hold on. <coughs> this is like a dry ass bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was weird. I thought you were eating apples, which I there is an apple in apple. there. I sliced up a pear, which is this red one. And then this here is a pink lady apple. I think I only have like these two slices here. Everything else is pear and this is an orange. I'll stick with the um, regular yellow green pears, whatever they are. They're good. They turn brown sometimes. They're still good. This red shit was like dry. <laughs> I, know, I wish my tea was cold enough to swallow some. Um, I've never say this before, but can I have a sip of your beer so I can wash down <laughs> whatever's in my throat? It's the Maximus. Be careful. What is this? What did what did you so just? Lagunitas, Maximus. You're you're um you're fine. You're only taking a little sip. Well, actually, <laughs> I recently I don't know if I shared with you had an abundance of Lagunitas. Yeah, where was this at? <laughs> Somewhere you were not. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Well, so I went to I went to Arizona for work, mm-hmm. and I flew into Phoenix, drove to Tucson, and flew out of Tucson. Yeah, for wow. various meetings. And how long is it from Tucson to Phoenix? Like two hours, two and a half hours, something like that. Right. But I'm from LA, so I'm used to driving. That's not a problem. Yeah, but two hours in LA <laughs> is a slow two hours. Two hours in LA is like twenty miles. Um, <laughs> two hours in um, in Arizona, it was like a hundred plus miles. Anyway, I went because I had various appointments. I went for work. But I I didn't know if Tucson was a sundown town or not. And is it? I don't know because my ass was like, I'm done with my meeting at 3.30. I'm taking my ass to the airport and I'm waiting there. Maybe I'll catch an earlier flight. I'll come home. Yeah. So I have no idea. Well, uh, that's good. Then I guess technically it really isn't that much of a sundown town. I said I don't know. But my appointment ended at 3.30 and it was literally two blocks away from the airport. Oh, so you were just went straight to the airport. I went straight to the airport, and uh, I, uh, you know, it was it was a nice little airport. <coughs> Excuse me, I flew out of what is that one that doesn't give you seats? You have to line up. Southwest. I flew out south southwest, and they only had one restaurant or like open one place to eat. So there's Hudson News, which is like always open, but then they had. This what well, this one like the only <clears throat> excuse me the only uh, open food place was like this bar slash faux Mexican food, and it was called Sir Vases. Sir Vases. <laughs> but yeah, so I ended up having like I did not want That's... to go and and keep my mask on at the airport, so I was like, well, I'll just eat. Chicken tenders. My boss says I eat like a toddler, by the way. Yeah. I ate you know, chicken I ha- tenders and I downed a bunch of Lagunitas. Yeah. And, and I, was, I had happy flight you back. A, yeah, you did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> 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 yes. I was nice. I was kind of like, 
I haven't seen you like uh, beer buzzed. Well, I have a few times, but, <laughs> but not, not in a like long that. Time. No, not not in a long time, and not like I'm that. like, hey, buddy, and <laughs> 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 he picked me up at the airport. Yeah, he was so. It was great. It was great. I was glad I was on time too. <laughs> Usually, it's like, why are you not here? I've been on the airplane for five hours, plus the oh, two hours at the airport. <laughs> yeah, I I know in our last episode <laughs> we did our last Ice Cream Sunday episode we did. Um, I mentioned I stopped drinking, and this one isn't me. Like, by the way, I got I got beer buzz at the airport in Tucson. Same thing with me, though, because I said, by the way, I kind of calmed down and I wasn't drinking beer anymore. I was just doing like the whiskey thing, which I have been. But yeah. today I have a nice treat yourself, big Lagunitas. Yeah, and uh, yeah, <coughs> it's it was a, a nice little treat. So. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think everything in moderation. S- we haven't been the lushes that we were. So when you and I first met, it was lubricated by liquor and alcohol. Like, we just drank every time we saw each other. And well, uh, our relationship together yeah. has evolved in that we don't do that anymore. Also, because, you know, COVID made us stop going out and drinking. I was drinking with everybody I met at that time, just because that was sort of the way. Yeah, I, me too. <laughs> you know. Like I was um, a bar. I don't want to call myself a bar fly because I wasn't a bar fly. But um, I was a social drinker and I was very social. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is. Uh it's not something that we need to lean on all the time, but it's, it's fun sometimes. Well, yeah, it's a part of life. For <laughs> Excuse some me. people, some people, you know, never drink, and I guess if they can find their fun and have great times with that, then so you know, whatever to each his own. But me personally, like I enjoy having a drink and loosening up, and um, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, don't get me wrong, I, I I would rather smoke than drink, and there's a lot of. Um, cons when it when you talk about drinking, you know, um, and I know I've messed up a bunch of times and made a lot of mistakes while drinking, but I do still enjoy getting a little loosey goosey. Yeah, 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 <clears throat> yeah. No, I I totally get that. I um, I totally feel you on that. I I do feel though that um. I always tell people that I didn't start drinking until I was 27. It wasn't entirely true. You know, I've been on my own since I was young. And I remember my first time getting drunk, drunk. I was maybe 18 years old. Um, I There's a family history of, of alcohol abuse. So I tried to steer away from it for a long time. And um, so that's why I went up to 18 years old. I got drunk as a going away at a going away party with my uncle, one of my uncles, when I was moving back to LA. Uh, I got into a fight with Jose Cuervo, and we never made up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tequila was was always the worst thing for me. I've gotten to, I've gotten to be able to handle it over the years, but tequila originally was really tough for me. Can you? Maybe he wants his bed. It's all good. It's all good. You were saying? I was saying, um, I don't know. I forgot. I got space. Some people. uh, We were talking about people drinking and not drinking. So, Jose Cuervo. Oh, Jose. Yeah, tequila and me are not the greatest of friends, but I've. 
become better acquainted with him over the years. <laughs> Man, fuck that fool. Yeah. I still like if I if I think about the smell of it, I, it makes like my stomach churn. So I don't drink Jose Cuervo at all. But then I came to L.A. a couple of years later, had my first kid and then had to raise children. So I didn't drink again from the time I was 18 until I was 27. And then I associated drinking because I grew up in a dry house. So I associated drinking with going out, especially with my homeboy Marvin, you know, and, and Marisol and Patty. Yeah. And uh, Marisol, Marvin and I had a lot of questionable nights under the influence of alcohol and and dancing and, you know, West Hollywood. So it was lots of fun. But um, alcohol and uh, and being social, like very much was my go-to team yeah for me too you know i mean as but it's also musically obviously you know you want you're about to get on stage in front of people you know just to loosen up the nerves and everything liquid courage yeah exactly you have a couple shot i would always have a shot and a beer that was my thing i would have i probably had more than that before we started occasionally but I was I was I was professional. We we did dem- want to put on a good show before getting drunk. We would get drunk afterwards for sure. But right before I would hit the stage, I would order a beer and a shot. I down the shot. I take the beer on stage, and I'd start. Um, and you know, you play for about forty five minutes to an hour, hour and a half, depending on where you're at and what kind of venue it is. Um, and you know, that might not have been the only beer throughout the set, but that was that was the ritual, and it makes you feel good, you know? You, you, there's obviously a point where you go too far and you <laughs> got to reel it in, but, yep. <laughs> you know. Just, it, it's a learning experience to try to figure out where that point is. Um, I think now with COVID and everything um, and the anxieties that I have with not ordering groceries, as an example... Like, there's definitely an anxiety level there. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if the reason I drank so much was because I did ha- it was to suppress the anxieties I would have in such large groups. You know, <clears throat> like, standing room only kind of venues is where I would go. Um, West you know, Hollywood like was around, a sweat pocket. Yeah, that you know? <laughs> kind of a... I mean, I can imagine, obviously, just being a woman... In that environment can be one thing. And then if you've also experienced any kind of trauma in your life, that only adds to it. Um, For somebody like me, in a weird way, those were places where I felt comfortable and wanted to be because I felt like that I wasn't surrounded with a lot of people on the other times of my life where I was very like almost to myself most of the time that I enjoyed being in groups of people where you were, you know, kind of huddled up and whatever. So that's the thing, like... I've dated women, right? It's not a secret. And if it is, you're not paying attention, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And it's difficult when I, because I'm not, I'm like, I'm not like a stud or very butch. I don't know if these are the terms nowadays, but back in my old gay days, it was. Back in the 90s? (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's your femme. Or you're a or, or or you're a butch, you know. You're like I walk a fine line because I love to wear dresses and lipstick, but I also have a pair of 
you know, like we used to call them dyke boots. Could you? Know? <laughs> you I mean, now I'm sure things are a little bit more. Sorry, sorry. Um, we used to call them by boots. Yeah. I think now obviously things are more fluid in the world. But back then, w- did you have to be one or the other? Like could or could you be like well, <laughs> butch feud some days and, and really like. Not really, because <laughs> then you were labeled a poser you remember how it was back in the day yeah like you were labeled a poser like i have a very very dear friend and who unfortunately passed and it was huge trauma but we always used to get into fights because she was not able to accept that i'm bisexual she was like you're being greedy or you don't make up your mind or you're being a poser and it was a huge thing in our relationship like she couldn't deal with me being a friend because of that and she was always happier like she i remember she you remember that ex who shall not be named uh she's she pushed me towards ending that relationship that i didn't want to be when i was in with it for the kids for so long um but you know her intentions were good the yeah. outcome was really good like she was so sm- spot on about having to leave that situation because i didn't want to be there but her reasoning was the one that was not lining up. And I think that's why I had such a hard time with that. But um, it was not accepted. Uh, Now, my point was, um, there were certain kind of women that I would date where I felt like, holy shit, if we go into a dark alley, I have to be the tough one. (laughs) Like, I can't be, you know you know, the woman in distress at this point, like I have to knuckle up in, in case of any, cause there's some, some women I would date when I'd be like, they can take care of shit. Like, I'm just going to lay back and just watch them kick some ass. And other times it's like, Oh shit. Like let's like walk down the main road where right. all the lights are. The nineties. I mean, they were a crazy time. What else do you remember about 1991 specifically? Well, 1991, let's see, that was two years before my sister was born. Uh, I would have, let's see, 91, I would have been nine. That means, oh, it's the year that People Under the Stairs came out, right? (laughs) Well, I was trying to lead into that, but I was literally (laughs) trying to ask you about the 90s. What do you remember? I'm just thinking now because 1991 was the last year I spent in Massachusetts. I moved to Florida in 92. I think it was 92, 93. I'm not, I'd have to ask my mom and dad for sure because my mom came down after we did. We sort of did a like a, a two part move where my, my dad and I moved with my cousin first. And then a year later, my mom and sisters came down just because of the way we could afford to do the move. Um, but 91, I was, I believe, still in Massachusetts and it was probably. How old were you? Um, 10? Yeah, well, let's see. No, um, 81, uh, 91. Yeah, I was 10, 10 years old. So 10, I was still in Massachusetts then. I was, yeah. Okay, um, I can tell you about 1991. Yeah, so tell <clears throat> me Just about based it. on the top singles. That's how I, that's how my mind <laughs> categorizes it. Okay. Tell me, tell me, tell me. So 1991, gonna make you sweat. You know, everybody dance yep, yep, now. Yeah, I remember that That one. song came out. It was by CNC Music Factory. Yep. Um, What was it? They they stole that woman's voice for it because she was uh, I don't know she she's uh she was the one the one of the singers from the group that sings it's raining men anyway uh we won first place in state championships for the drill team 
<laughs> that year <laughs> because that was our song. <laughs> everybody and that's when i realized i can do a cartwheel if i go to the right but if i go to the left fuck that shit oh really yeah so 91 um yeah i remember that song i know for me six i was like i guess fifth or sixth grade um in massachusetts there was a lot of like open area we had woods and and open fields in our backyard but did uh is that when under the bridge came out because i i seem to remember red hot chili peppers somewhere in that well, time <clears throat> i will tell you maybe it would have been 91 the 92. number one song was a brian adams song is that everything i do oh yeah yeah <laughs> i do song. it for you yeah. or <laughs> and there was i want to sex you up I color me bad right? you up. uh gonna make you sweat Paula Abdul's Rush Rush. I don't remember that one. No? Isn't that Rush, Rush, hurry, hurry? No? Okay. I don't remember that. I mean, um, and I then there's some other ones I don't know, but also, you're unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then that more than words is all I ever something. I'm not going to sing it because I, I don't have know. Horrible Who, who sing. sings that? Uh, extreme. Don't remember that. And then I like. The way you kiss when we're playing the kissing game. I think that's that song. But also, <laughs> Motown Philly back again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. 91. That was a crazy time for me, too, because fifth grade, I don't know. I mean, I was living in a whole different environment. I was in, um, like, <laughs> Marky Marks, good vibrations. Yeah, that's the hometown hero, pretty much. I was living in fucking Massachusetts, out in Swansea, Massachusetts, and I was, uh, you know, riding my bike everywhere I could go. Losing my religion. Losing my religion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like, for some reason, right before I left to Florida, I, f I remember Under the Bridge coming out. Summer, summer, um, summer, summer time. <clears throat> I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. I think it might have been the year after, though, because now that I think about it, I did sixth grade and then I moved after sixth grade to uh, Florida and I did seventh grade in Florida. So I must it might have been 93 um, when I actually was in Florida. So 92 under the bridge may have come out or at least that's when it was popular. And the reason why I say that is because I specifically remember this, uh, we found this girl on the bus who loved that song. That was a that was a great time. I remember MTV was kicking right. You know that was MTV was music videos and just uh, let's see what else Ninja Rico. Turtles. I think Ninja Turtles Suave. came out that year. Ni really? The movie. Oh, the movie. You down with OPP? Mm hmm. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. No, that's that's really like the ones that call out to me on this list. <clears throat> yeah, I, I have connections to all. Okay, so 1991, it was before April 26, 1992. Yeah, so we had already moved into our childhood home. Were you just singing a sublime song? Yeah, just to get the date of the riots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a riot in the street. Tell me where were you? Well, so we had already moved into the big house, right? That sounded like jail. <laughs> Welcome to the big house. Which means my that means my um before then. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Before then, we had a huge family. There were literally double digits of us living in a one-bedroom apartment. And then what'd you do afterwards? You got rid of most of them? I mean... <clears throat> Dug a lot of holes in the desert? <laughs> well, they, they did actually, yes. They moved to Palm Springs. <laughs> 
But that's when our family went from being everybody's always around to it's just being my mother, my father, my brother, and myself. And it was brand new. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we, had, we it was brand new. Like we were dealing with that adjustment. Yeah, uh, that's a big deal. Like like similar to yourself, where you had your family together, and then you and your dad moved to Florida before they your your yeah. your mother and sisters could you know go and and join you there. Uh, it, it it was a year of transitions. Yes, yes. And in this in this. 1991 fictional Los Angeles. There was <laughs> was it fictional? Well, it was Los Angeles, but I think yeah. it was to the extreme. It like, was a fictional. Yeah. yeah. So people under the stairs is set in Los Angeles, <laughs> but it's like this extreme version of late stage capitalism. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, this movie when it came out in '91, I. I didn't get to see it at all. This was one of those ones where because I had this, you know, little bit of the strict upbringing and whatever, and I wasn't old enough to go to a movie theater on my own and see this. I never saw this movie, but I remember particular scenes that were mainly from the trailer and always feeling like this movie had some sort of a crazy vibe to it. But um, And then also remembering like when I would go to the video shops that I would see the box cover. (laughs) But I didn't see it until... I don't remember the box cover. I think it was like a house with a skull kind of deal. Um, That's Hills from the Hood. Maybe it's a, some some similar. But the point is, um, look it up while I say this. But the point okay. is, I definitely, you know, didn't see it until I was older. And when I was older, when I saw it, I was like, this movie is fucking a joke. Oh, you're right. It's a skull in the sky. I was thinking like uh-huh, a door. Uh-huh. Like the the like tales from the hood. Yeah, it does kind of. Now that you say that, I can see the tales from the hood one too. Um, but <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's 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 basically a comedy movie, like or at least it turns into a it's comedy. Like, it's like a horror comedy. <laughs> yeah, very. I mean, I I love Wes Craven and I love like what he was trying to do here with the movie. And I I you know, it's it's one of these ones that if you haven't seen it, I feel like sure go ahead and watch it just for sake of watching because there's some funny moments in it. Um, <laughs> but it's it's um it's it's a weird movie and it's some of the dialogue and everything it's it's very 90s and it's just um <laughs> well it was also like very much like mighty ducks yeah. and like the sandlot and yes there was a lot of com- well, it, it think- was very kid like centric it was like focused on the kids saving the day which i appreciated because i was a kid at the time and i i, I would like imagine myself in like three ninja scenarios and be like i could totally do that well, this my brother and I used to build traps. Well, my brother more yeah. would build traps around the house, and my poor dad would fall into the traps because he'd come home from the graveyard shift and be like, "Oh shit, I got a box of Legos to my head." I think the, this kid was in the Sandlot too, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think he was the actor. The actor, yeah, His, who played Fool. What a funny name, Fool. Well, he played Point Dexter. Yeah, they said his name was Point Dexter, um, um, but he, he was played by Brian. Uh, Brandon Adams. So, Brian Adams. Brandon. <laughs> so does the name Dexter actually come from the f- original name Poindexter? Maybe. And is that was that such a common name at some point that it was actually respectable to be called Poindexter? Well, I remember Poindexter being like, "Oh, your name's Poindexter." <laughs> yeah, but people would say that like if you're if a girl who had the name Irma or Ethel, like. Those are real old timey names. People don't name their kids that, right? So, well, so my name is Heidi, 
and that's Stefan. Welcome to Live Stream Parlor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my name is Heidi. You confused me for a second. I'm like, you're telling me. I'm like, I know your name's Heidi. My name is Heidi. <laughs> uh, and it's at, at some point, it was derived from Idlehide, which is the full name that Heidi comes from. Really? Yeah. Idlehide? Idlehide. Yeah. It's Austrian. So people think it's German, but it's Austrian. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's pronounced Idlehide. Idlehide. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I never knew that. It's like your name is short for Stephanopoulos. Is it? I don't no, it's believe not. <laughs> so. I think it's Stefan. It's just Stefan. It's just Stefan. Yeah. yeah, but Jack Stefanino <laughs> is, is here a local legend Stefanski. here. Jack Stefan. Yeah. Stefanovich. I'm glad that that exists because so many people didn't get my name right when I was young growing up because it would always call say Stefan. I guess because it's spelled Stefan. Yeah, because and I don't like it. And that's that's one thing that, you know, I I try to correct people on because it's always been pronounced Stefan. And so because of that commercial, people in the West Coast have more often than not gotten it right. And I think it's because of that commercial and a few other things. But I wonder why people just don't do that. Like I have similar challenges because I'll say, my name is Heidi. And if they're Latino, they're oh, Haiti? Yeah. No, I just fucking said Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you hide? I got called Yahida once. And I'm like, are you fucking drunk? Like, my name is Heidi. Anyway. Anyway. I don't know why people don't just, if they don't hear you, why don't they just say, sorry, can you say that again? Hmm. Um, and I grew up in the hood. I've had my fair share of meeting people with names that I have difficulties pronouncing. You know what I do? Sorry, can you say that again? Yeah. I want to I want to say it correctly. And people appreciate that you want to try to say their name correctly. Yeah. I just didn't bother for so long in the East Coast. It just was something that I was like, you know what? Nobody gets it right. I don't give, you know, so I would just let it slide. It was kind of stupid because I feel like I I didn't embrace who I was I was just Mm -hmm. letting people like dictate it and I didn't like that so I'm glad that it's different now um but anyway uh let's see going back to this movie um, well so it was written and directed by Wes Craven yes now apparently he got the Wes Craven got the idea uh, well so according to Fangoria interview that he did um he got this idea from a newspaper article that he saw in the 70s about two burglars who, or a couple of burglars, yeah, that broke into a house. And in that commission of the crime, the police found that in the house, parents were keeping their children hostage yeah. or keeping them secret and, and, and hidden away. So if you think about the concept of it, I think that could really be done. Nowadays, it could like, have nowadays or even back then like what he did with it is i i i guess you know like there it's not as scary as it could be let's just put it that way whatever angle you want to come from you could it could have been scarier a especially knowing Wes craven he was i think playing a little bit more to the mainstream at that time mm-hmm. um but b like for sure even if you did it today yes it could make it a very it's a good concept of like 
like exactly what you said, like you've got the burglars who are technically bad guys, maybe breaking into a home for whatever reason, maybe they're trying to do a Robin Hood kind of thing or whatever, where they need to just, you know, try to make ends meet. Um, and then they stumble across a fucking psychopath family that's been holding like people like, yeah, you know, so hostage. It's- <laughs> It's not unfathomable. Inside the walls and in the cellar. That's crazy. Yeah. Like there's there's uh, a lot of just fucked up families. Like recently, I think they're like maybe a few years ago, there was yeah. that girl that ran out, away from home and it turns yeah. out her 11 siblings were being yeah, kept in the same exactly. situation. Yeah. This is like, that's what I mean. There's so, there is this really deep, you know, real aspect to it that, you know, this type of movie could be made you know, really impactful and really scary. Well, so Um, this, yeah, no, I agree. This movie could have been so gross and nasty if it was, if it went that way, because it has such potential to go that way. Like this is so very much, it could be a Rob Zombie, Eli Roth kind of movie. You know what I mean? But he took it this way and he himself, Wes Craven called it, um, he, he called it, uh, this film as raw with no dreams in it whatsoever, very realistic, very gritty, uh, similar to The Hills Have Eyes. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, it's raw. But all those s- intense scenes were um, were kind of neutralized by the comedy. Like when a little boy is trying to atta- like go after a dog that's attacking him, he's like, your mom sleeps with cats. And that scene, like there, there's that kind lots of stuff of, is, yeah. yeah. And, and the funny thing is, with all that being said, one of the best actors in this whole movie is the little kid. He sold it all the way, yeah. even if it came off Three Ninjas esque <laughs> at times. He was like all in, and like the fact that you know had Ving Rhames and the other two the Twin Peaks characters or whatever, um, like they all did a good job in acting, but their purpose was to almost act comical it was almost like a, a live action cartoon in some ways um where again where i feel like it could have been so much more scarier and creepier or whatever um but with that being said i totally did enjoy watching it again um and all this you know like kind of like just crazy nonsense that goes along with it <laughs> uh, yeah no i actually adore this movie i'm kind of bummed because i realized my notes are not on here Oh, they're not? No. but um, How about this? Let's try this. How about you look at my notes and see how this podcast goes? Because my notes might be, they obviously are whatever I thought of the movie or what I remember. No, I don't want to do that. No? <laughs> <laughs> I just took a look at it and I'm like, those are just words. Yeah, but um, exactly. You can like, we'll just see no, where the conversation takes it. totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, I have like the beginning of my notes and then I think maybe I switched to a different device or something. But yes, those two characters, two characters. Let me, let me just pull something up really quick. There's two characters. Oh shoot. Did I just. So my notes, I'll just start it off with a little bit while you do that. So I have that. We obviously start with the story of this kid named fool. We see like his family's kind of in a, in a rundown apartment. It's a sister mother. And I think, um, I don't know if there's a younger sibling there as well but the mom is sick it looks like that they're facing some sort of eviction but the kid doesn't really know that um and 
they're just, you know, setting the tone of like, well, this kid has to do whatever it takes to make ends meet, basically. And that's when they introduce Leroy, which is Ving Rames. And uh, he kind of like knows the family. He knows the sister or whatever. Um, right. So why don't we um, why don't we do this? Um, yeah. So the, the movie is set in the 90s, obviously, in a Los Angeles. Um and the character, the, the boy Point Dexter is played by what's his face? Brian Adams. <laughs> not Brian Adams. No. His name's not Brian Adams. <laughs> his name is Brandon Adams. Brandon. <laughs> Brian oh, Adams yeah, sings the song yeah. Everything I Do. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then he has a, a sister named Ruby. Who is a sex worker? Is she though? Yes, she turns tricks. Is what Bing Rames. Oh right, says. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bing yeah. Rames plays Leroy. Well, so was Leroy the pimp? Was, we don't really know don't what know. his. He he just knows that he was always around. Anyway, yeah. they live in this. They live in this tenement or this uh, apartment building that is gross. It's very much like Candyman. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um. It is. Mostly abandoned. It's full of drug users. Uh, it's tagged up. Nothing works. And they're the last tenant there. And they are one day late paying their rent. So the landlord has a stipulation in their in their um, in their lease that if they're a day if they're late, they have to pay three times their rent in order to stay. Mind yeah. you, the mom is dying of cancer. There's uh, Ruby, who is who is a sex worker, who has two children. Um, oh, were there two kids there? Two yeah, children, right. yeah. And then, uh, then Point Dexter, <laughs> who she calls Fool, um, is is the brother, and he's like ten, right? Right. Um, now she calls him Fool because when she reads his, she because he acts like a fool, a fool like from the tarot cards, and it it's really just symbolized somebody who's just innocent, just so. Like doesn't even is is so innocent that they're unaware of the atrocities and evils that exist exist in the world. So they just walk uh, walk the world with yeah. rose colored lenses. In fact, yeah. the tarot card for a fool uh, typically is um, um, like a, a child esque person. Um, child like, features like a jester or something or? no 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 like just like a child like blonde curly hair just okay. nonchalant walking um not realizing they're walking off a cliff gotcha that's what uh yeah that's- i just realized i was 10 years old just like fool was 10 years old when this movie came out yeah. so <laughs> i can t- just going back to where i was and like you said like thinking about like three ninjas and just all these other movies like a lot of that was like that was what we believed like we could do anything like we would do whatever it would take to win and be victorious and get away (laughs) you know (laughs) i wish i could have seen this movie at 10 well i think i saw it probably at 10 (laughs) but do you remember when you were helping me um no i know neither do i it's a stretch (laughs) you remember remember when you were helping me with um removing the nightshade that goes on the side yeah okay and we found that big maybe like foot long nail oh yeah it's still out there by the way yeah so that's one of the things my brother used as traps because we fell for all this shit. <laughs> we yeah. fell for Home Alone. That's, we fell. We yeah, fell this, for Three Ninjas. That's exactly. This movie's like Home Alone with a little bit of like you know some of that. 
<laughs> I don't know. East I, Coast way. Well, knowing that, you know, West, so obviously <laughs> Wes Craven is known for Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream. And if most people who know anything about him would also know that he's Hills Have Eyes and The Last House on the Left and whatever. But like this one, it really is kind of, you know, it's, it's a little bit different from all of his others. But again, the thing that I'm not saying it, that there's something wrong with the being different. It's set in obviously in a more urban kind of uh, setting, but it just lacks some of the over the, you know, it's, it lacks the horror and the scare. Like, even though Freddy is a joke and he makes comical, this, whatever. Well, Freddy was comedy after the first one. Right, but there was comedy in the first one. But the point is, it scared the shit out of people. Mm. Like, they were was, afraid to go to terrifying. sleep. And then Hills Have Eyes. You were afraid to fucking break down somewhere in the middle of uh, the I desert. Still am. Um, and Last House on the Left, you know, like all of those. They leave this, like, I don't know, Scream even, as much of a, that was also a 90s kind of, tooth. when did Scream came out in the 90s, didn't it? Yeah, but late 90s. Well, the point is, like, he reinvented the horror slasher genre with Scream, and mm-hmm. it was a, was a great movie. It had kept you guessing, it had the twist ending, um, you know, and this one, again, like, it just, it but, fell flat on the horror side of it. Well, this one, um, this one actually, when it was released, did really well, Um I'm sure it, it did. It did really well. And I think it did really well because at that time, you know, the scariest movie people have seen is still, you know, old 1970s movies or The Exorcist, right? Well, so, also that they probably thought that it because it was the guy who did Freddy and some of these other movies that he was, it was going to be really scary. Yeah, but you're also thinking, well, yes. But it was still a surprise commercial success. And a lot of that success has to do with the fact that kids could watch it or not even like we were probably the my brother and I probably were one of the only (laughs) kids. kids. He said the success is that kids could watch it. It literally was rated R and kids could not watch it without an adult. I I, we still like my mom took me to see Child's Play when it came out. I know. I'm just laughing at it because it's funny. So Okay, let me say it this way. <laughs> if a child were to watch it, it still had enough childlike jokes and tire mm-hmm. childlike whimsy yeah. that it wouldn't terrify them and give them nightmares. Yeah. The the scarier part of the uh, of the movie is the man and the woman and the hidden jo- the hidden like not not hidden jokes, the hidden horrors there. Like that would have gone over the kids' heads. They almost did go over um, even some of the audience people's I because there's the um, you know the the fact that they don't really dig deep into that. They call themselves mommy and daddy, but I guess they're brother and sister. And it's then, an incestuous family. Yeah. That's one. And then the father or whatever you want to call him, you know, he was grabbing himself when he was thinking yeah. about the daughter. Like there was some really like fucked up shit. Um, which again, they did. They made it. They they added it in there. And it but was, only it was just, just enough, enough, yeah, for adults to be like, "Oh fuck!" Right? Because okay, you got to remember, this is this is the '90s. This is um, 
after all of after Ted Bundy and the Night Stalker, like you've already seen that there are a lot of people, men uh, specifically, who do fucked up things to children. And, you know, I recently I recently watched watched I recently went into like a rabbit hole of the toy box killer. There's a lot of fucked up shit that just happens, you know, and mm. as adults, you look at these movies and you're, if you're able to compartmentalize, you can enjoy the movie. But if you've gone through some trauma or you're aware of trauma, you're like, oh, fuck, that shit's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, going and that can be scarier. Like the hills have eyes. There was no monsters. The hills have eyes. There was no uh, there was no like supernatural entity that would that would come and attack you. Like no, it was man, inbred family. man on man. Right. Mm-hmm. And just like this one, this is also an inbred family. Yeah. You know, well, it's, it's the realities of the world that make it so scary. Like, um, the last house on the left, right. The last house on the left, that movie, you're also just dealing with bad guys. And this, and that movie is terrifying. Texas Chainsaw Massacre was terrifying because it was just people. Yeah. Jaws was terrifying because it was a shark. You can't control these things. Yeah. They just exist. Uh, And going back to the reason why it probably did good in the box office is because the the trailer made it seem like it was fucking scary. Like, that's what I mean. I do remember being like, oh, my God, the people under the stairs. It's a scary fucking movie. And um, the name is scary. The, too. the name is scary. The concept is scary. The trailer, again, was scary. I do remember that instilling some sort of like fear um, watching it again. I do feel like that, especially knowing where Wes Craven could have gone with it. Like it definitely was not his best picture. I think um, I love this movie. I think this movie is fucking phenomenal. But it's not his best. Right. It's it's, it's okay. I don't but. know if it's his best. I'm I'm partial to a lot of his other movies, but for different reasons. I love this movie in and of itself, like separate <laughs> from it. But I mean, yeah, it's because But, but a lot here's of it thing, has like, to do with the child actor who carried the movie. Of course. And <laughs> and also all of these like kind of like Texas Chainsaw. So all of this perceived violence, because we know that this woman, this woman and man, they take children until they don't like something they do. And then they if they if they spoke evil, heard evil or saw evil, they would cut those pieces off of them and hide them away in the basement or in and one of them escaped and got on the walls. Mm-hmm. So I forgot what I was going. Well, you were uh, talking about how the implied... um, Right. So, but we don't see those things happening. It's just implied that mm -hmm. these people did fucked up shit to those kids. Yeah. And um, even the little girl, like when when she has to clean up the blood of one of, of Ving Rhames blood and she gets her white dress covered in blood. Yeah. She gets dunked in hot scalding water. Right. It's not hot scalding water, but just the perceived gore and violence there. It makes you forces you to use your imagination. Yeah. You know, I think what I'm saying is the from that angle, what they didn't really like the implied parts they didn't really dig into were the scarier parts of the movie. The other parts of it that were shit like the dick punch and like the 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 oh, I'm going to get you. But then I just kind of like there was a lot of that like childlike um transitions that Mm -hmm. we you know again like that's what i mean like for a wes craven movie it it was almost like he was doing a goosebumps episode at times 
Um, uh, and yes, yes. Which isn't bad, and but I'm Goosebumps just saying was it, the it, shit. It, it just, it, it, <laughs> you know, again, like the, the fear that I had from Freddy Krueger, even Nightmare on Elm Street, just, you know, as a child, like, and I did have that same similar fear when I saw the trailer of this, but I just, I'm, and there's nothing, like I said, I do feel like this whole concept could definitely have been, uh, you know, a realistic possibility and probably, you know, maybe there is, you know, you said there was an article that he read that, you know, so there are crazy sickos out there that do this. What about that guy and that woman that hit away that girl? What was her name? Elizabeth? Was it Elizabeth? It hit her away down in, in, in their house. Yeah. And she even had their baby. And she was there for years and years and years. Like, people do this. Yeah, absolutely. It all gets, it has been done and that's horrible and crazy. And, and, um, these are some of the things that I think that, you know, humans, um, it's their darkest secrets and then like people, you know, so exploring these avenues are, are where some of the true horror does lie. Yeah. Um, like, a- yeah. Cause it's okay. Well, people probably won't turn into werewolves. People probably won't turn into vampires. People probably won't um, turn into this this gross monster that will swallow you whole. Uh, aliens probably won't come and, and, and take you and do bad things to you. Like, those things probably won't happen. But you know what will happen? Somebody's going to do something fucked up to somebody. Yeah. Because that's just how people are. People do fucked up shit to one another. Right. And yeah, uh, there's a, there's of course a spectrum like, you know, on this end of the spectrum, we'll say when I told you, Hey, give me your pick. And I threw it on the floor. Right. That's one end. But the other end is all these other things that like, dude, like I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole with you, but just scratching the surface on the toy box killer fucking crazy like people do fucked up shit no absolutely and i mean again this movie had the implied version of that and it was it was definitely leaning into it but it for i i wonder if part of it was that and at that time in the 90s he was just sort of trying to play it safe to uh basically make a buck you know i mean you you got the parts like here where you know obviously like i said the dick punch i i did right here that it's a lot of implied Did, violence your note really does say dick punch Dick punch, yeah <laughs> and then like comical electrocution like remember the scene mm-hmm. where he like oh my god the dog and i'm gonna grab the thing and it shocked them all but then like that kind of stuff is like you know we're talking about this is a rated we're in, r in three like, ninjas mode right right there. exactly and part of that is because the lead actor and the best person is a child is a child and from that angle i love it too because i think he was awesome it was home alone with the horror twist home alone in the hood uh, yeah yeah (laughs) and um it just it was really like again that that actor he gave it his all like he probably didn't get paid what he was worth in that movie and just because he was a child actor um but that's that's that part of it like when i watch it from that angle and remembering how being a 10 year old child i fucking loved it and uh, everything like i just i do feel like that there could have been times or like i don't know the one thing that everybody probably remembers again from like the trailer or whatever is the gimp suit and the guy they coming out with a shotgun and all that <laughs> but like he really turned into like elmer fudd or some sort of like almost he, a he Looney did. kid tunes kind of s character he um, did and I appreciate that because there's nothing as horrifying as what people can do to one another. So I appreciate that the most fucked up person there arguably 
was a woman. But the one that could do so much more physical harm was the man. Yeah. And I appreciated that they dumbed him down so much so that a child can watch this movie or a, a young adult's <laughs> child can watch this movie and be like, you know what? If I ever get into a bad situation, that other person might just be dumb enough for X, Y, Z. Therefore, I'm going to try to get away. I'm right. going to try to do that. You know, and, and you you go through those things in your mind as a child watching things like this. You're like, huh, maybe I can do it. So I appreciate that it's Home Alone-esque, Three Ninja-esque. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, so... So the family might be getting kicked out. They uh, point Dexter, who they call Fool. Fool um, teams up with Leroy and one of his other guys to try to hit, uh, to burglarize the landlord's home because they're the wealthiest family yeah, in the neighborhood. Yeah, there's also this whole thing about gold, mm-hmm. which they end up having to tie the ending into. You very know, Goonies. Yeah, yep. very Goonies-like. And and. Even like, you know, I know I'm skipping a little bit ahead or whatever, but the um, the whole um, the movie, like it, it did have a point where it could have possibly ended nicely. And then I feel like they just had to come back to this whole other storyline with the with the, you know, the gold and then him having to go back and rescue the girl again and everything. Um, right. But I think maybe it was because it was how how what was the time frame between this coming out and Goonies coming out? You know, that's what. I probably would be curious about, but they're all, I mean, this is 91. So sorry. I'm just saying like, it's all the, it's probably Goonies, E.T., all this is. So children adventure stories. Okay. So a child's adventure story, if you are making it for children, and I know he wasn't, but if you're going to satisfy children with this movie, you have to have a happy ending that makes sense to a child. Mm -hmm. Therefore the, the happy ending of, okay, the bad guys are taken care of and um, Alice can go find her, either her, find her biological family or the kids all go into foster care and, and the system actually works this time and, and Poindexter can, you know, buy his mom a house and get her her surgery. Those may not translate to successes for children mm-hmm. because all of those are monetarily and all those are a, at a higher right. Uh, maturity processing level. So Did the end of this thing have the house blowing up with money flying all over the yes. place. Yeah. And that gives you like a ghostbuster feeling, <laughs> you know, where you're like, Oh shit. Dun, 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 dun. Wait, I think that's, no, that's ghostbusters. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Then what's go, go gadget. I love God. I could play that on the guitar. Um, so <laughs> the thing is, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's, it's so interwoven and there's like, it, you have to jump back and forth and there's nothing wrong with that. And I enjoyed it, especially this time, knowing that it was very much, because the first time I saw it, like I said, as an adult, I was like, this is the fucking movie that I was so scared about. Like, okay. what are you talking about? And then I watched it again and I realized like, yeah, but it's fun, you know, and who gives a shit? Well, how about this? I remember specifically not watching it for quite some time because I was scared to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Because just the thought of somebody 
being under your stairs. Like we lived in a one-story house. There's never going to be anybody under my stairs. <laughs> but <laughs> just the idea of somebody being under your stairs. And this is way before Harry Potter and that kid lived under the stairs. I don't know anything like, about that. Like scary shit happens under in spaces stairs. that you are not familiar with. Yeah. Under the stairs, under the house, in the walls. You know, um so that that's one thing, but just the just the run through like this from point A to B, like after um, after after a fool initially leaves the house, he goes back for Alice. Yeah, like that is um, that's hook. Like that's that's Robin Williams embracing that Peter he Pan. Peter Pan. You know that that's that's the that's what you need. You need a I'm I'm brave. Yeah, I'm, I'm he, gonna go do this. And and that, even with that scene at the near the end with them coming back, and then the cops and the moms or whatever she is feeding all the cops uh, coffee and donuts and all that. It, it's just like, in some ways, it was like so cartoony. Like mm -hmm. they were like, "Oh, thank you, ma'am. Oh, yeah, you're great. Nothing wrong here." Literally, the guy was shooting a fucking shotgun, blasting holes in the wall, like not too long ago. And all of a sudden, you know, a day or so later, there's everything's all like th that's where it was like I wrote goosebumps and like you know, mm -hmm. and, and and I don't know again like what Wes Craven was doing at that time in his life, but I feel like he made the movie to conform to societal standards at the time like they had the that 90s like here's a rap song at the end of the thing do do bop do boop do let me rap about the people under the stairs and it's like <laughs> that's the end of the thing and I it's like just how like you can make music with your mouth because if i'm like <laughs> if i'm like let me do this and it's a song i know so well it still comes out with boom 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 and 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 i hear it through my son who loves music always has music playing in his headphones and then he he'll be like everybody dance now and 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 that's what it sounds like it sounds like but in his mind he's going bump 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 and i feel like that's how i am it's like i can't do it anyway yes you might be right he might just maybe he needed a commercial success so that his next passion project can go. Through. Well, the next project I think was Scream, and if you really think about it, I think he came back to his roots with that mm -hmm. and was like, "I'm going to make a movie that's really going to fucking knock people off their fucking seat." And he fucking did. Yeah. He he um. I he 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 fucking did that shit. Yeah, I heard that he was contemplating and actually had talks about doing a People Under the Stairs remake, but it never happened, and I think he passed away somewhere also around that I think same time. if there was a, I think I think if there was uh somebody remaking the people under the stairs I'd like to be part of it just to fix a few things <laughs> <laughs> so what let's talk about the people under the fucking stairs because it's it's a little confusing because there's this kid who's in the walls they're not under the stairs and they're, they're not in the in, basement they're in the basement right so they're, they're really but, nobody's under the stairs well, well they I mean, are they're technically in the basement, the basement under the stairs but, but um the people under the stairs are actually children that the man and woman, they don't have names in this. The man and woman have kidnapped and forced to be their children. The yeah. only one that's been constant is this girl, Alice, mm -hmm. because she's good. She hears no evil, speaks no evils, whatever the last no evil, evil is. And um, 
But then the ones that don't work out are the boys. The boys do something wrong. So most of these we have to assume have been like Girl Scouts or cub, like door to door boys. Kind of like well, well, boys. But I mean, so what? Who who goes door to door? Like p- people that are selling like Scholastic books stuff. Well, or I imagine they also could have just stolen the children. You yeah, know? because they couldn't have a baby and they wanted to have a baby. Yeah, or and also right? they shouldn't have had a baby. They were brother and sister. But there's so much weirdness going on there that they didn't yeah. explore. Yeah, and that's why I think it would be very good to see Rob Zombie do something like this because he's got a he's got this approach to to families. <laughs> like seriously, he has this approach to families, and yes, we've only seen him with the family in Halloween reboot. And and the family, uh, the Firefly family, family, <laughs> the Firefly family, uh, <laughs> but he did those. He 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 really delved into those families and essentially created their own mythos. You know, mm-hmm. so I I feel like a Rob Zom- like a Rob Zombie kind of. Director, and I'm only gonna say I was on Eli Roth could also do it, but but the family structure that's what it's interesting because I can imagine if Rob Zombie did this movie, he would say, Yes, uh, brother and sister, but what were they like before they started stealing the children or in the process of when they were stealing children, you yeah. know? Um, because then you'll see them, the mother, mother, the the woman and man as younger, like maybe young adults. So then you'll also be able to see their fucked up family, mm-hmm. you know, um, because and they then, said that the the father or something had just died maybe a few years prior. Yeah, but and then here's the other funny thing is that most of those families, well, that we tend to think of in either, you know, fictional movies or or whatever are usually like hillbillies or mm-hmm. rednecks and like, like poor uh, you know, whatever. But these guys were landlords. They owned property. They had buildings. Yeah, they, they were owned like, most of the city. Right. And that's what would make this so cool. Because yeah, it's almost then like an H.H. H. Holmes. And this is a movie we need right now because of all of the... Um, we're past late-stage capitalism right now. We're going into, holy shit, we're serfs now. Like, yeah. we've gone full circle. And now it's a fucking... What is it? Now we're in a fucking no. What is it? When there's a monarchy, we're practically in a monarchy now. We're we're all going to have to be indebted to the government now. So, um, right now is the time we need a movie like this because this movie was a response to capitalism at the time mm-hmm. in the '90s, during all the fucking like in '91, yuppies galore. That is when American Psycho set yeah set place or took place. Yeah. Um. So. This is a movie that we would, I would, I would love to see right now. I would love to see the approach of, yeah, but money people are fucked up too. What is that movie with the guy with the asshole face and the asshole? What is it? Um, uh, society, high society. You remember when the all the rich people like were the bad guys? Okay. You don't remember? No. Okay. Anyway, we'll, we'll watch it. Well, uh, most of those, yes, I get it. Though there's right. a lot of but where those, like, the like the elite, really, are, yeah, the elite, yeah. Um, and what we learned about F- Epstein, who didn't kill himself, like you know, they they cover shit up. All they have, all they have, is the means to be able to cover shit up. So of course, right. So it'd be very interesting to see that take on it, um, and how this family ended up getting all of these, yeah, all yeah. of these, um. 
And it would be it would be cool to have it set in like now times because you know the family that that family in the movie got their start in um in uh in is as a as a mortuary right because it was it was where it was a funeral home yeah it was a funeral home and so it would and i'm not saying cool as in like oh for everybody who died is cool it's they got a lot of money from that but wouldn't they be making a lot of money right now because of all the deaths in the pandemic you know like wouldn't this be how they got more money and how they started getting all fucked up you know like I see there, what you're there's there's some there's an avenue there that could be explored and the reason and and one thing uh, the reason why I I brought up Eli Roth would be because he would make it so fucking vile and disgusting that it would be good for people like me who like watching nasty shit you know but I think Rob Zombie would make it more he would be able to uh, well I don't know maybe Eli Roth could and I'm sure there's plethora of other directors who could do this but I want to see that family dynamic but again and I'm not trust trying to be the bad guy here but Wes Craven is also the director who should have and could have done that. He did it in all his other movies. It's just like in this one, he just toned it down. And so, you know. And that's okay because he needed this. Because this allowed him to be able to have that open space. I guess so. I guess if you look at it in those terms. But like, you know, again, in 91, though, we're saying like he's Last House on the Left, Hills Have Eyes, and, um, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and obviously a few others here and there, whatever. But, like, the point is, like, it's definitely something where that's the lead up to it. It's like, whoa, this guy's really going to, like, be able to explore this this avenue of these crazy people. Um, but it wasn't done in a horrible, crazy, scary way. It was done in a very, like... What we're saying, I, three ninjas kick back, you know? I understand that. Um, I, I, I can tell you, Last House on the Left and The Hills Have Eyes are two of the most violent movies and amazing movies. But you have to have um, a strong stomach to be able to sit through them. They're amazing horrible movies they have horrible premises and and from jumping from those and then going to nightmare on elm street if there's and then that franchise taking off in the more comedic way i think maybe i mean i can see if somebody were to be like oh i need to ease my way back in and capitalize on the fact that um that the kid movies are taking off right now so maybe i can capitalize on that in order to one send this message, but also be able to bankroll my next passion project. Yeah, I'm kind of looking to see real quick if something like that. I I obviously understand that that definitely could have pro- totally been what had was going on. You know, I mean, for sure. You know, it's it's a crazy time. People are just trying to make ends meet or whatever. Um, so he definitely. Pro- but I also wonder if maybe. He totally did want to do something like that, but maybe the studios said no. 
Like is that would be a very that happens a lot. Yeah, that happens a lot, and that would be something that's actually in makes more sense because the studio at the time could have been like, yes, but this is what's really going to sell, so let's do this. And Can he you put Kevin just, McAllister in this. Yeah, he might have just <laughs> had to make that compromise because that's what I'm saying. Is it's it's very odd that Wes Craven would have done that, and if he had to do it, I'm sure there was either a reason financially or the studios were just not going to budge kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. So that would be something I guess I would be worth looking into, which I guess I'm not going to do at this exact moment. Cause I'm having such a great time talking to you <laughs> instead of looking at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I do, I, I do enjoy this movie uh, regardless of whether or not, you know, it, it could have been done in a different way that would have been better. I don't know. Well, I, I like the way the movie is. Fucking loved it. I, 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 we ended, we stopped watching that movie and I was fucking giddy. I love the movie. I love the stupid jokes. You know um, who we haven't talked about yet in the movie that also is worth mentioning? And I can't remember. Is Roach. Roach. The guy who lives the, in the walls. He's the guy that lives in the he wall. He has escaped from the basement, but has lives still in stuck in the house. This in house the must have been a fucking speakeasy <laughs> because it has walls like... Uh, so I don't know how houses are built, but I can guarantee you there's probably not room for two people to walk side by side in between the walls. Yeah, but he was like the not happiest house, anyway. person in the world, even though he was still stuck there. You know why? He was so happy in his because life. Because he was living life on his terms. Yeah. Even if he was stranded there, he, he was like... cut out, right? Yeah. Even if he was stranded there, he was living his best life because he's like, fuck <laughs> the system. He's like, I got this. I'm doing what I want, when I want. And guess what? I'm still going to date your daughter yeah. and I'm still going to make you feed me every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was loving it. He was just like, fuck this. I'm yeah, here. And he plays all day just running around in the, in the, um, in the balls. Like yeah. Roach was a great, a great character. Um, he could have been a creepier character and he wasn't. Nope. He played a very pivotal point in the movie where he was able to like guide them through and you're right like his relationship with alice could have been a little bit weirder or creepier or, or something like that um i just he just reminded me of like the nerdy kid from those movies and he was just like <laughs> just, how yeah <laughs> you know well you know what in in thinking about it roach may have been brilliant because in the movie there are all these trap doors that are created. So well, there was one point where the man goes into the bathroom and sees that that uh, Roach or or Fool goes into this one door and closes it behind them. And then he opens it again and it's just a bathroom mirror. So it it, it must have been Roach, because who else would have built these secret passages and these hinges and these secret doors. And like he must have been so smart which is probably why they cut his tongue off. Yeah. And then we have the other guy who was, I guess, who they called the Stairmaster, which was like the leader he of the people out. under the stairs. But some of their makeup and stuff, like, I don't know. I wasn't buying it. Was it. it was very dated. Yeah. It looked like they were like blue face and just kind of like. Well, the idea uh, is. that They were like so the Stairmaster, of sunlight and they turned yeah. crazy. Well, the Stairmaster guy would have been like maybe 19 years old which means this family would have been doing this for a long time they would have had to have gotten him when he was young right 
So they would they have been kidnapping children even before the father or the patriarch of the family passed. Mm, yeah. Um and so these these kids are deprived of sunlight and they eat the people that these the man and the woman murder and they murder people who come, you know, for utilities or or salesmen or whatever because they that's what they use to feed them. Yeah, and that was um So they're cannibals on top of everything. Right. Um, they obviously feed their dog fucking the humans, too, because mm-hmm. they... Sh- well, well, we don't really know. I mean, they don't... Re- you mean the people under the stairs of the cannibals? Yeah. Yes, yeah. But we do see that they also feed the dog the human remains as but well, too. Let's talk about the ending of the movie. At the end of the movie, Fool comes back to save Alice. Mm-hmm. All of that works out well, whatever. Alice manages to kill the woman that raised... That, the mother the fake mother, the woman, and Poindexter ends up being able to blow up the man in the basement, which causes such an eruption that all the money that was in the secret room, gold coins, dollar bills, and for some reason dynamite, um, and it exploded and all the money came flying off the chimney and out into the... The front the lawn, the front lawn where everybody from the hood had gathered because they were going to take a stand against this family and how they are treating the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, which was led by Ruby, um, Point Dexter's sister. So um, <clears throat> all of that is good. Great. Fine. Sure. That makes sense. Sure. But how about all the children from under the stairs? They escape they and they're escape like, escape and they're and now they're like, out in this and world. nobody's like freaking out or anything. They're all like partying. They're, and shit. they're, they're like, like yeah. they're not like, yeah, they may be the only <laughs> white people there now because you know, whatever, but they're like beyond white. They're pale. Like they're, they're, they're even like blue or some shit. They're, like that. Yeah. They're like, they're like translucent almost like they're very obvious. I wonder who did the special effects in this. Movie. Well, it wasn't Greg Nicotero. Yeah. Um, they, they're very, well, I don't know. I don't think it was. <laughs> that wasn't Savini uh, or or Rick Baker. Oh, was it? <laughs> Rick <What>? Baker. <laughs> the um, You're right, though, about that whole scene where, like. like it, people should have been like, oh, shit, what the, what fuck? the fuck? Yeah. Like, I wrote here again. The movie falls flat at the, uh, like, 30 minutes left mark. And that it became very satirical. Like, it's just some sort of, like, a goof on itself kind of thing. You know, it's like... Yeah, it was very much... It, it kind of felt like, oh, we got to tie up all the loose ends. Yeah. I, you know, I, I want to do some more research now that we're talking about it. Just to see, again, how much of this was studio versus Wes Craven's actual vision versus, you know, who had who had a, you know, a lot of that final word to say in in this thing, because I don't know. In that time, you know, again, like I'm thinking about like movies that came out around then, like here's another one that I remember that probably came around that same time. Look who's talking and look who's talking to. We we literally went to the yeah, but we literally went to a movie theater and uh, to, to watch babies be voiced over by actual actors but it was but but it was rose ann and it was um travolta john travolta like that was the shit but do you see what i'm saying like we were in a weird place at that time new kids on the block were a thing in that time okay like there's so much going on in that 
particular, like that was the beginning of the 90s. Like we just got out of the 80s. Video mm-hmm. games had just become a thing. And life was sort of starting to change into this new technical like revolution that we have now with all this like, you know, social media platforms and everything else. This wasn't around back then. That's my point. But this is almost the catalyst was that time in the 90s. Because in that time in the 90s, we started getting our hands on all this is that kind of stuff. That's what I'm saying. Nintendo was was coming out. We had... um, you know, VCRs, the ability to, you know, camcorders that were like, it just, it, there was a shift in the culture that was happening then, which has sort of led us into this very fast, what, 20 years, 30 years, mm-hmm. 40 years later, um, you know, yeah. here we are. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, you know, a, gr- a great time. And I think that the movie was definitely, um, it, it it's not a timeless movie. It is Oops. a timed movie. It, it is yeah, a yeah. That's 90s what I was literally movie. about to say. It was it this movie, a 90s movie fell exactly into the place where it was supposed to be. Yeah, this movie wouldn't have worked anytime sooner. This movie wouldn't have worked anytime after. And yeah. there were a lot of critics that were like, "The damn Wes Craven fell from his fell from grace. Like this movie sucks." Like there was a lot of, of of critics that said that. Uh, I think what is it? Roger Ebert gave it the thumb down or whatever. But I still enjoyed it. I think that revisiting movies there like this um, is more than just nostalgia. It's I can't believe we found this scary and funny when we were kids. Well, yeah, like I said, I didn't see it as but a it, kid, but, but it not was not in a nostalgic way. In like a in, in like a big moment of. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it was um definitely a fun little watch, you know, this time around again and um uh, I you know, I like I said it's not going to scare you like like super, you know, like it's not going to leave you having nightmares kind of thing, whatever. But it's it's one of those movies where um it definitely made its mark and and it it was the early 90s. It's part of that, you know, time bubble, you know. I think that a lot of people who may not have ever even seen the movie at least would know that if you said the people under the stairs, they'd be like, oh, shit, yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Even if they never seen it. Because that's how I was for the longest time. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, a big moment of, what? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, that's the movie. Um, anything else you want to talk about with the movie or? I don't think so. Um, I, like I said, I don't have my notes, but I, I think I've said my piece, my pieces. I put in my nickel. You put in your nickel. It (laughs) says the movie made here. I'm just like breezing through some trivia stuff. They earned back $6 million within the first few days of its release. Now, who knows? I mean, again, I could do more research and find out, but I don't know what the actual numbers were. But I do feel like that people went to the movie theaters because they were definitely expecting like, holy shit, Wes Craven's going to like scare the shit out of us. No. And instead he goes, dick punch, pow! (laughs) (laughs) Electrocute myself to kill the dog. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your mom sleeps with cats. Yeah, your mom sleeps with cats. And that, it's just so much. Oh, and then some of the things. Oh, the one thing that they did throw in there, which again was very obviously 90, but they like dropped the N bomb a few times 
One Did time, they? one time a hard R, and another time very much implied. Well, because it was a racist family. Yeah, the yeah. family was racist. Yeah, there was an implied one where they didn't go all the way, but there was definitely one for sure with a hard mm-hmm. R in there. That I, it was, um, like I said, I mean, I get it. They were creating the mood, but even back then, it was I don't know the '90s, so people weren't really like. They weren't hip to the fact then. They there was you know I mean Boys in the Hood and shit was just coming out you know so. Uh, the word I was looking for was feudalism. Feudalism. Not monarchy. Oh. We're basically serfs again. Gotcha. Anyway. But yeah, fun movie and um, you know if you want to laugh your ass off. Uh, I always want to laugh. My ass off. <laughs> while watching something horrific at the same time. Absolutely. Go ahead and uh, check this movie out. You know, it's funny though. I don't watch a lot of comedies. Like, mm, yeah, I, I don't watch. Like, I I try to. I, I I don't like. I they don't call to me. Like today was a day of cooking and baking for me, and I was like, well, I can't watch Rosemary's Baby anymore because it's not free anymore. Ugh. I guess I'll watch SWAT. <laughs> <laughs> but before I used to be, um, I I used to watch like well no, I still had some go tos um like half baked go-to comedy for me so it's friday and yeah well you know what for me because those are movies of my childhood especially being a stoner they're staples of stoner comedy movies but i don't really feel like i can watch them that much anymore like they they i think i watched them growing up or as as a young adult oh my god i'm old um because I didn't do drugs or because I don't yeah. do drugs. Like, because it's funny to make fun of people that do stupid shit when they're high because you don't know what it actually is like. Right. Sure. So for me, I think I enjoy those two movies because it's like, Oh shit. So it's like the extreme version of people I know getting high. And, but, yeah. it, but there are things that I do that I do, um, quote from time to time and that that made me realize like because i saw that uh half baked was free um and most people are like fuck you fuck you fuck you you're You're cool cool. fuck you i'm (laughs) out most people quote that and for me i realized that i do i say three things from half baked all the fucking time it's cuban b i'm cuban b right i say i'm cuban b (laughs) right there's that one it's Abba Zabba, you my only friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to talk to Samson. I want to talk to Samson. <laughs> so, oh, and then one last one. Down by the beach. Down by the beach. <laughs> Lord of mercy. Lord of mercy. <laughs> <laughs> but and the same thing with Friday. Most people, are, they, they say, um, damn, damn, you got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, but I'm more of a. Saying she looked like Janet Jackson, step out the car looking more like Freddie Jackson. Freddie Jackson. <laughs> oh, Miss yeah. Parker. Yeah. Like those. Miss those, Parker. Yeah. Oh, Bernie Mac. Uh, uh, but yeah, like those are. Or 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 uh, um the um you ain't got to lie, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> With her dookie braids and short ass Daisy Duke shorts. Oh yes, that was the movie in which I was introduced. By Felicia. To yeah, by Felicia. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I can't think of any other comedies that I watch. Like, the, the, I do love Mel Brooks, but a lot of those are just mostly just nostalgia, and I never finish them. Yeah. 
That being said, I think I'm going to live on a one-story house my entire life. Don't want any two stories. I don't want any basements. I don't I don't even want the attic I have now because I swear there's like, I'm going to assume a cat. I think there's a cat up there, not a mouse. <laughs> I don't know. You Can you have... go into my attic? <laughs> I've been up there a few times and I don't know what's up in there. You have to ask your cat because she probably knows. So my cat looks in the vents. And that probably is a telltale sign that something's going on up there. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Roach? As long as it's not actual roaches, I'm good. Yeah, actually, I'm good with that too. Because <laughs> actual roaches suck. When um when I lived in an apartment in Inglewood, there was um like they're part of the maintenance every six months is that they spray your apartment for bugs, right? And um my place was it may have been messy sometimes because busy single mom, right? But it was never dirty, dirty. And when it did get dirty, dirty, it was, you know, mostly dog hair and stuff. So it wasn't a big deal. But <laughs> I never had roaches. And on the off chance that a roach did come or go or whatever, or like you saw one scur- like scurry, I always fucking knew it was those upstairs neighbors because they were so fucking dirty. They would throw their mop water out of the window. That's gross. After mopping. That's gross. That's like some like medieval British shit where they like threw their shit out the windows. That's <laughs> they disgusting. Were brown. That's disgusting. Yeah. So anyway, I don't want to live anywhere with a basement. Just in case. Yeah, I feel you. But the the thought the thought of of somebody being under your stairs, it's like it's like when I went to see Jurassic Park in the movie theater with my with my dad. And I sat the entire time, kind of like I'm sitting now, crisscross applesauce in the movie theater seat because I'm like, something's going to get me from underneath the seat. Mm-hmm. You know what? I've been walking uh, the dog in the mornings or afternoons, whenever there's a house that I pass by that has, you know how like we have, um, you know, the little openings that lead to underneath the house where the foundation is. Oh yeah. The fucking creep house down there. No, not that one. Oh, okay. There's another one, a different one, on a different street. And it has no um, mesh or whatever covering on this opening. And literally, you could a human being can fit under there. And I was thinking about this movie, and I was thinking about the idea of somebody or a concept for a different movie. And I was thinking how, what if somebody wanted to rob somebody you could literally slide into that little hole and just hang out there all day and like night, whatever, and listen and see what's going on, what they talk about, where, you know, and and walk around under there and get the lay of the land, so to speak. And then you could rob them or you could find a way to cut through the hole and bust through the house while you're inside the house and rob them. And that could be a crazy concept for a movie. But the thing is, here's the thing, though. You don't even have to be there to rob them. Like, don't nobody well, do this. maybe it wasn't about robbing. I'm saying, like, maybe it's about abducting or doing some no, crazy but, shit. I don't know. What I'm saying is, one, nobody do this. But what I'm saying is, houses, like, e- even this house has access to, you know, the, um, what's it called? The under the house, what's it called? The foundation. 
the floorboards. It's what do you called, mean? Yeah. That's the crawl space. The crawl space. The crawl space, yes. right. Anybody can That's the title that. of the movie. That's it right there. There's the a movie mo- called Crawl Space. No, I'm saying I'm just inventing it right now. The movie's called Crawl Space. And the setting is some crazy fuckers walking his dog or something in the middle of the neighborhood. And he notices that a house has the mesh gate thing covering missing. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go under that crawl space and tonight and I'm going to fucking listen in. And then he hears some shit about what those people are planning. And then he knows, like, I'm going to infiltrate their plan. And I'm going to get them by being inside their walls in the crawl space. Well, okay, that's good. Good premise. But I just had a scene pictured in my head. And it was, so it's, it's, it's the 1970s, right? And there's a guy under the crawl space, but we don't know it. So it's like an opening scene, right? And there's a woman getting dressed or for the day or whatever. And, um, you know, she's walking around or whatever and she drops something, but she doesn't know it, right? Like a, a, a handkerchief or something. And then suddenly you see it like slip through the floorboards like this and somebody's just taking it and then you notice it goes into the floor and that's when you go and do that camera angle from here to here and there's a guy just sitting there watching okay okay i like where you're going with it i think that there's some like uh houses aren't built that way yeah like it would (laughs) it would it wouldn't go slipping through the floor it'd have to go through the vent and he would be watching her through the vent or whatever yeah i get you i get you but this is what i'm saying like i i saw this house with an opening, and part of me was well, like, "Don't say that out loud." <laughs> no, part of me was like, "This would be a great movie." Well, what about the person on the other side? The other part of me was like, "I'm gonna rob them fools tonight." No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you and I are like are a lot alike in that. You know, a certain time hits, and then you're like, "Yeah, well, <laughs> lock down the house." <laughs> um. There's another house on this other side. We're flanked by creepy houses. But the other house on the other side and 24-7 playing AM radio. Something's Something's up up there. There's either a Goonies-esque like family member who's chained up inside of some fucking, you know, whatever and gets fed slop. Or they are growing weed or doing some sort of illegal drugs in there. That's the only two things I can think of. I mean, that's it. Like, what else? What other... Re- I mean, now, there are old people there. And they do have some weird... You know what? They kind of have some weird shit on the outside that might remind me of the people under the stairs people. Right. So, here's my theory on those Like, people. a bunch of bottles that are filled with water and, like... Well, so, here's the thing. Those people are, quote, allowed to live there because once you go in, there's actually, like, a bunker underneath underneath the the earth like wait what are we talking about the right people now? that live over there you're saying that there's a bunker under their house is yeah this- there has to be and that sound of the am radio is played in the because it's a corner house so there's um am radio on the furthest wall so that way nobody can hear anything that's happening inside any 
Um, so, so you and think, he's screaming. Do you think that there is some crazy he, shit going on I, down there? Because I mean, of, of course I do. I talk about horror movies for a living. <laughs> it's something is weird and, and going on around there, but I don't know. It's very strange. My mind immediately goes to worst case scenario, which is why I almost dick punched somebody at work the other day. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Speaking of dick punch, this movie was fucking great. Everybody should go see it. At least revisit the movie. Like we didn't go into many details, but it really is something you should watch again. It it leaves your heart happy at the end. Like this is my version of a comedy. It makes me it I I, I was giddy, like I said. I was giddy at the end of this. I would second that. Watch it just for the fun. Um just know that you're gonna laugh a lot. You sir are fading. Maybe. I don't know. Thanks for stopping by for another episode of the Ice Cream Parlor. Check out what we're doing and reach out to us at icecreampodcast.com. I-S-C-R-E-A-M podcast.com. Listen, follow us because everybody else is, all right? That's Just not true, it. but okay. <laughs> Check out our social media or reach out to us on the interwebs. Our handles are Ice Cream Podcast. You can also email us directly at hello at icecreampodcast.com. Okay, well, I'll see you next time. Okay, bye.